This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Jed's in charge. I'm going on a bender. Jed Hoyer. People care so much about the Cubs. It's an honor to, to work for a team where the fans care that much. Chicago Cubs president of baseball operations. I can't tell you how many times you would make fun of me after his press conferences, you know, for my, my potted plant impression. In my next chapter, I'm well aware I'm not going to be sitting at those press conferences and, uh, and not answering any questions. World Series champion general manager. The key to this whole operation is going to be building that scouting and player development machine. The Cubs way. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it, throw to Rizzo. It's in time, and the Chicago Cubs win the World Series. Jed Hoyer. I'm not breaking news on the show. What the hell? Jed Hoyer with Parkinson Spiegel on 670 The Score. Always good to have Jed with us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. And Jed wants you to remember that Lurie's Children's Hospital ranked number one children's hospital in Illinois by U.S. News and World Report. 225 East Chicago Avenue right here in downtown Chicago. Jed, as always, thanks for the time, man. How you doing? I'm good. Last night was a tough one, but uh, you know, we'll play again tonight and uh, hopefully have a different result. Um, but, yeah, it was a, uh, that wasn't the best night at the ballpark last night, but uh, we've had some, uh, some low points and we've bounced back pretty well, so hopefully we will again. Yeah, you know, I said that was one of the toughest losses as a Cubs fan in years. Like, how much does that linger with you? I mean, it does. I can't lie about it. I mean, it's such a hard one, um, you know, having a lead. And you feel like, you know, a lead in that ballpark against that offense doesn't feel like a six-run lead just because they're, they're so explosive and they hit homers so easily. But, um, you know, it felt like we, uh, we got out of that inning. You're probably going to the ninth of the lead. And so, obviously, that was a, a gut punch. And, you know, I feel terrible uh, for Saya. Just, you know, he's been our best hitter for – the last you know seven eight weeks and really has carried our, our offense at times and is sort of proving you know is the kind of player he was in Japan I think he can be a star over here and he's proven it for this last two months and um, I hate seeing a guy like that you know make a mistake and have it get magnified and hopefully he can uh you know, bounce back quickly, and we can all forget about that one. Yeah, he's uh, been second in OPS to only Mookie Betts since August 1st. Just, like, so locked in and mentally strong after looking lost at times before that. Do you do you worry about him being mentally affected by this, and do you try and have somebody talk to him about it proactively? You know, certainly you worry about it, um, and obviously, uh, you know, I talked to him last night, you know, Rossi did, his teammates did. I think the support is really there. I thought Drew's comments after the game uh, were excellent. Um, and you do everything you can. Uh, you never know how 
something something like that will affect someone. It might not affect them at all. It might having a, have a lingering impact, and you know, we'll find out. But um, like I said, I'm happy for him. I think you know there was real ups and downs during the season. I think he had a, a really bad stretch. We sat him down for a while, and uh, hopefully he learned from that. That um, you know that was a confidence issue, and once he got his confidence back and you know started playing well, things really got on a roll. So that's the hope. Certainly, is that. Um, he learned from that experience, and that can help him with this one. Two quickies about that play. Uh, Ronald Acuna lost the Seiya triple in almost exactly the same spot. So I wonder if the lighting is an issue for right fielders right there. And the other thing is, is that potentially a center fielder's ball? Say PCA, if he happened to be out there, who's super fast and aggressive. Uh, that's a good question. I, on the light part, um, you know, one of the things I think these are LED lights here, and those are a challenge. I think they're a little bit brighter than some lights, and so I think this year you've seen a few more plays like that because the bright, the lights are a bit brighter now. Um, it's great for the overall play of the game, just because the the fields are better lit now. Um, but I do think it has that impact at times. I'm not sure if he lost it. And as far as Cody, he he, I mean, he put his arm out and kind of called him off. So. I feel like once the right fielder does that, that guy's always going to peel off and, and not go after it. So I think it's hard. He's missed it. And I think we have to move on. And, you know, now we've had a couple of losses like, like that recently where I find myself kind of replaying it in my head. The, the game, the Saturday game um, against the D-backs, the 13 inning game was sort of similar where there's just so many different moments you replay. But, you know, one of the, the good and the bad things about our sport is you play the next day and, um, you know, you don't, when you have a great win, you don't, you can't uh, think about it too much. You can't let it let it linger, and you know, and the same thing happens with a loss too. So we just got to bounce back today. Jed, want to go through some of the specifics of the managerial decisions in that game because obviously the game is not all on Saya. The bunts are those managerial calls? Uh, those were, I'm sure. Yeah, I mean, um, specifically with Pete, uh, you know, he's been struggling a little bit of the plate uh, with his speed. Uh, um, even a sack bunt can turn into a hit pretty easily. So I think that was certainly one. And I think Master Bonies, I'm sure, was as well, just trying to trying to get another run there um, against a lefty and, uh, you know, bringing wisdom into pinch hit. So, um, you know, bunts are a tough one, right? Like they're, uh, when you call for them and it works, everyone looks smart. Um, you know, when you when you call, call for bunts and it doesn't work, everyone get, gets mad. And, you know, generally I'm not, you know, a, a huge fan of bunting in general, but there are certainly – you know, late game situations um, that it makes sense. And obviously, unfortunately, it didn't work out last night. Yeah, is it mean, like, so I'm, I guess I'm more generally on your side of it as well. And it felt like giving up outs against the best offense in the sport makes it a real tough sell to me. What about you? Um, I mean, I'm not going to second, I'm not going to second guess those decisions. I mean, I think it's, it's so hard, right? Because, you know, right. If say it catches that ball, and you know, we, we hold the lead in the ninth, and no one's really you know talking about those things, and it, it gets magnified in that situation. So, I don't want to spend the time with five games left second guessing it. But I do think, in general, you know, I'm a big fan of this protect your outs. Um, I think that that's the most valuable resource an offense has, and you know, whenever you can have that mentality of you know trying not to give up outs, um, and there's a fine line on the bases as well. You know, being aggressive. When it when it works looks great, but when you give up outs um, against you know below average pitching, sometimes that can really really hurt you. So uh, in general, that's kind of always the philosophy I've had is just protect your outs, and you know bunting in general doesn't do that.
And so, right, okay, so then the next one, right, taking out the leadoff hitter for the defensive replacement in the fourth inning and then having to pinch hit for that defensive replacement later in the eighth. Is it is it too early against that offense to be going for defensive replacements? Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, obviously, Pete is so exceptional. So, I think, in some ways, I think that's viewed almost as, like, an offensive move. You know, you're, you're putting in someone that's so good defensively that you can – that you can save runs, and, and you know certainly they're going to they're going to hit a lot of balls into the outfield in a given game, um, and it, that is somewhat the advantage of our our roster. Like the fact that you have you know three center fielders on the roster, you can put Pete in there, and then he's able to move Cody out there later. And Cody's really good defensively, so I understood the logic of it. Obviously, in that particular case, um, it you know didn't it didn't work last night. Pete wasn't challenged out there, and it didn't help us. But I understand the, the logic of doing it because. Uh, with that lead, at that point, you are trying to make sure that you know balls in the gap get caught, and uh, it didn't didn't happen last night. Hey, Jed Hoyer is with us here on Parkins and Spiegel. Uh, boy, Pete Crow Armstrong has some swagger. He's got some flash, and it's a little wild, a little cute and aggressive, but fun as hell. I've, I find myself thinking about Carlos Gomez or like Ricky Henderson because it it all works in the field. He's made some. Like when he catches the ball down by the hip, I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, no, that's just the way he does it. Okay. Is he a little too wild and aggressive on the bases right now? I think in general, um, I think Pete, you know, he's sort of that, that wild colt you're talking about. I mean, he's so exceptional defensively. Um, he's incredibly fast and impactful on the bases, but, you know, he's made some critical mistakes, you know, since he's been up here. And I think offensively, uh, is pretty similar in that he's not sort of being himself and, and he's, he's overly aggressive, uh, whereas he wasn't in, in the minor leagues. I mean, that's maturity. You know, he's going to outgrow that. Um, but I think in general, uh, I think he's, he's going to be a really, really good player for a long time. And I think these experiences are going to help him in the offseason when he's thinking about what he needs to work on, what he needs to improve. Um, so, you know, certainly I don't, you don't like to see those base running mistakes or the, you know, the things he's done wrong, but it's also part of the process and learning what works in the big leagues and what doesn't learning what you have to get better at in the off season. That's really important because like I said, I, you know, you, you guys have all seen the tools he has and what he can bring uh, from a run prevention standpoint. And um, it's exciting for the future, but yeah, certainly he has, uh, you know, some rough edges he has to smooth out. Boy, it's tough when a bullpen is, is, in disarray or just in confusion like it is right now. You know, there's just, so many people hurt and you're not sure what to do. You were, you took responsibility early in the season. And um, I wondered how you feel now about responsibility or, or, or not um, after the bullpen figured itself out, but is now something that has to be thought of sort of creatively every night, it seems. Yeah. I mean, we took, you know, as, as a group, um, you know, sort of took too long to get to a place where we understood who was in what roles. You know, I think that for the first, I don't know, 45 games or so, um, we weren't in the place we usually are. And I think that's when I took responsibility and I said, usually, you know, building a bullpen has been a strength of ours. and We've done it without committing a lot of money and long-term deals, which is always a benefit. And um, it was a struggle early. And then we had a long stretch where our bullpen was excellent. Um, the guys were in the right roles and, you know, if you look at the stretch we had from kind of middle of June until early September, you know, we were excellent in one-run games. We, we, we held down leads, and it was kind of a pretty good formula, you know, with kind of lighter and 
uh, you know, Fulmer in the in the seventh, and then Merriweather in the eighth, and Adbert in the ninth, and so we we got to a place that felt really good, and then obviously the injury to Fulmer, um, injury to Adbert, Lighter being being somewhat banged up at times, uh, it has kind of spun that into disarray, and I think we've done uh, a good job in certain nights to get through it, but certainly it doesn't feel good, and I think that's a, a product of, you know, probably having to sprint for three months and have so many close games. And I think that ultimately wore those guys down. So, you know, when I've thought about, um, you know, next year and beyond, I do think that like, you know, making sure we have enough depth, uh, I think is, is really critical. We have a lot of good arms coming in the minors, but relying on first year guys to come in and, and handle those problems is difficult. So um, overall our bullpen this year has, has, has been pretty solid, but certainly right now, Hey, I have disarray. I think it's too strong a word, but certainly guys are out of the roles they're used to uh, in part because of injury. And, um, but that's what we have to do. Uh, we're not the only team in that boat and we have to find a way to get the last, you know, nine to 12 outs. Our conversation with Jed Hoyer brought to you by access one best in the business managed it cybersecurity and more access one it.com. Yeah. You just touched on something there, Jed, that I was wondering like, when you talked about the sprint and like the strain that that puts on a pitching staff in particular, you know, I remember we asked, I think it was Carter, six, eight weeks ago about steel and the innings limit. Like, obviously, everyone's got to play 162, but do you feel like guys are stretched too thin or hitting a wall at the, at this point uh, as you guys kind of not limp to the finish line, but with some of the injuries, literally limp to the finish line? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Well, I do think that... Um, Every team plays 162, right? So yep. that's part of the deal. You know, you don't get a, you don't get to take the last, you know, 20 off. You know, it, it, it's important to be able to finish the season. But I do think that we had to come from so far behind, being 10 under. That I do think, yeah, I probably did put undue strain. It's harder to give guys nights off. It was we're playing all those those critical games to, you know, critical games to not sell, frankly, and critical games to get back in the race. And so, yeah, I do think that there was a sprint element to it. And that may have worn worn us down a little bit, but that's the position we put ourselves in. And right. I still think we can overcome it. Um, but yeah, I've thought about that a lot that, you know, did sort of coming from, you know, going from 10 under to 12 over. Um, that's a heck of a run. That's a lot of close games. And when you're playing a, a close game every night, I think that's, it is a strain. And that's one of the things that's been really both a, a great thing about our team, but maybe a curse in the end is that, you know, we haven't gotten blown out, you know, like our games are always close. And when you have close games every night, that puts undue strain. And, and that's sort of what I mentioned about, you know, looking forward and thinking about depth is that if we're going to be this kind of team that's hard to blow out, has a lot of close games, you know, we are going to have to really just, you know, put excessive focus on like, how do we make sure we have enough to get through 162? Jed, there were a few days there where I was imagining Marcus Stroman closer. 
bullpen making sense from the ninth inning backwards. And you mentioned the Saturday game where he had a, a chance to go close it out. And he wasn't bad. He just gave up a Corbin Carroll hit the other way, you know. Uh, but uh, did you did you allow yourself to envision that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's a good example of what you're talking about, like things being in flux back there. You know, obviously having him come back, he's not stretched out enough to call him a true starter at this point. You know, he might be able to get through five, but certainly he, you know, you're not going to see him pitching in the seventh inning of a game. And, you know, so we, we were trying to figure out how to bring him back and, and, and have him help us. But also, you know, we, we didn't have a chance to, you know, do a long rehab assignment to build him back the way we would have if it was June. So we had to be a little bit creative. And, you know, the challenge of it is when you put a guy back in the bullpen, you just don't know what the opportunities are, are going to be. Uh, and ultimately, it made sense just to to put him in the in the rotation, you know, have him start and pitch as long as he can, because you know he's one of our best pitchers, and having him on the mound is is really important. Uh, but yes, I did have I did have that thought, and I thought there there might be a world in which he ends up closing. Um, but we decided ultimately the the more the biggest value we could have for him is starting games. I forgot the last time we talked to Carter. I think I threw at him like the idea of Cade Horton closer. And he said, who are you, Jed? Like he said, he <laughs> yeah. said that, that, that you're that guy that's thinking about. So did you, Kate Horton was at an unbelievable year. Did, did you lobby for that in the room? And you're the boss. Why not? Uh, yeah. I mean, listen, I think you always, uh, you always have those thoughts of, you know, just how do you get through the, the end of the season? And, and, you know, like I said, I think a lot of teams go through these stretches when, you know, your bullpen does get pushed and it, it's a long season for them. And, it's, it's really hard. I mean, one of the things we talk about is the way to get today's game is played. It puts that much more stress on those guys. So 162, but you're getting a lot more innings out of your, out of your bullpen than ever before. And it, it pushes those guys. So yeah, of course you end up talking about a bunch of different uh, minor league pitchers and, you know, how can they potentially help us in the bullpen? And you know, I'm sure Cade came up in conversation and a bunch of guys did, but uh, we're just excited. They had a great year. Um, you know, his first year in pro ball, he had a great year. They they closed out the championship last night in double uh, A with him starting. And, you know, he's certainly a big part of our future. Uh, just not a part of our bullpen this year. <laughs> Jed, we've loved having Nico on the show every, every Tuesday. He, it's been so great to get to know him. He's clearly a leader now and, and in the future. I don't know that I've ever asked a player a question that made him like think and pause and pontificate before he actually settled on his answer want to play this exchange uh with him for you so if you miss the playoffs is the year a failure um yeah i don't i don't know i don't think about it uh yeah it's kind of weird to like go into like a reflective mind state right now yeah um uh yeah i mean depend uh, yeah uh hmm. yes okay what, I mean, you I can mean, take positive. You can take yeah. There. You can take positives from something, but it still end up being short, right? Like we're here. We're not here to to compete or to like just to hang out and like, hey, that was pretty good. Like that's not that's not what this is for. Like that's not the standard of what this organization should be. I loved how he handled that and how he thinks about it. How do you feel about that answer and that exchange? <laughs> well. I mean, I don't like doing autopsy on a living thing. You know, I think that that's a, a weird feeling to be talking about that while we have, you know, five regular season games left. So um, I'll probably save that my answer for the end of the season press conference. And hopefully that's not for a while. But um, Nico is so bright and so thoughtful. And I think he's 
a player that can think about that and, and answer in a really intelligent way. Um, and I do think that like the way he thought about it is, is very similar to how I think about it, which is, you know, we do this to win and, and to, to play deep in October. And I would say like the, the pictures on my wall, in my office aren't from wins in June, you know, um, it's about winning in October. And, and, and that's why we do this. And, and so why we put this much time and effort and energy and strain into this is to do that. So ultimately that is the goal. I do think that, you know, there are real positives to take from a lot of different situations. I don't think everything is binary, but Yes, I think that the reason we do this is to win in October, and you can't win October if you don't make the playoffs. But also there's this. You guys basically had playoff games in July as you were figuring out whether to try and contend or not, and you pivoted and were open about that. And, you know, we've been saying to fans – like, this is what you wanted. This September of sadism that baseball can bring, where it's just like, oh, my God, you're living and dying. This is what you wanted. So are you happy with the choice to pivot the way that you did? Oh, without question. Yeah, no question. I mean, if you had told me sitting in in Anaheim in mid-June, we're 10 games under 500 and, and going to up to play the Giants, if you told me that we'd be in this position, I mean, I'd sign on that line 100 times out of 100. And I do think that the decision to you know, believe in these guys is a hundred percent right. So yeah, that part is, has been great. You know, I do think trying to have the perspective of how we felt you know, in June versus, and then the way they played after that. And I, I give the players so much credit for believing in themselves and just kept saying, we're a good team. They were kind of perplexed why they weren't winning at that point. And he's had this horrible, you know, horrible clutch stats and horrible one run game record and all those things. But like they believe in themselves, they proved it, which was awesome. They went on that run in late July. And then really, you know, I think when you look at how well we played for so long, I think that part is exciting. But again, I don't want to do an autopsy on, you know, a living thing. I think let's, let's wait until the season's over for that. But um, there are real positives to take out, out of this, but um you know, we do this to, like I said, do this to play deep in October. That's why we come to work every day. That's a very good line, autopsy on a living thing. Uh, two, two just quick housekeeping things. There are conflicting, there's conflicting stuff out there about Craig Breslow. Do you expect him to be with you beyond this year? <laughs> I can't answer that. Um, okay. He's a fantastic employee, and obviously um, he's going to be sought after. Um you know, every off season. And, you know, at some point I would expect he goes on and does wonderful things and, and spreads his wings outside of Chicago. When he, when he does that, um, I'll be super proud of him. You know, I think that in this business, you want to hire the best people and then you want to watch the best people go off and do great things. That's part of it, you know? Um, and if that happens at some point, I'll be really happy for him. And, and then, so anyway, okay, uh, and then uh, Jesse Rogers shared a picture of Alzali throwing to Candelario some some BP today. How did it go? And we have any news or updates on a p- possible return for either? Um, I can't give you a firm update. Both guys are working their hardest to come back, so that's like the best I can I can offer. Um, we may well see one or both those guys activated before Sunday. Um, that's the hope. Um, you know, we're running out of days to act- activate them, but they're working their hardest to get back, and uh, we're kind of monitoring that situation every day. 
Jed, as always, man, thank you so much. It's fun, fun watching these playoff games uh, in the regular season, man. Thanks for the time. Awesome. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, thank Jed. you. And remember, Lurie's Children's Hospital ranked number one children's hospital in Illinois by the U.S. News and World Report, 225 East Chicago Avenue, right here in downtown Chicago. I hope to activate one or both of them before Sunday. I was like, where's he going to? Is he going to say today? Is he going to say tomorrow? Before <laughs> Milwaukee? Before Sunday? Before the last That's game. That's the last game. <laughs> it's the last game. It's the last game, man. It's all happening. I mean, they. I feel like we just uh, covered an insane amount with that man. We did. There's so much going on with this team. I agree with the texter that Jed has grown more willing just to share his thoughts on stuff and just like he's his answers are non-evasive. He's just for the most part a tough one, right? I do think in general, yeah, I'm a big fan of his protect your outs. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. 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 I don't think he loves the bumping. I I don't think he was a huge fan of it. Um, I also think we like we won't do a ton of it now. But he, I think he was telling you about, like, if we're going to be a team that plays a lot of close games, we need to put a lot of resources into depth. Like, I wonder if they're going to be a team that spends abnormally on relief pitching because they have the money to spend. They have a bunch of young arms coming, but they feel like they're going to need some constants there or maybe just more bulk relievers, like long relief pitchers. Like, he... He, he went back to that multiple times, and it made me think that he was th- talking about, like, future roster construction of the Cubs. Yeah, I think that I think that's true, but, but I, I don't know if it necessarily means money on the free agency front. It might mean aggressive promotions like you've seen this year. This was a new tack they took with guys like Daniel Palencia and Luke Little to but get aggressive with these guys. he said it's hard to rely guys. on first-year guys yeah, it's in, true. in the same answer. He said it's hard. You know what I mean? So he was talking about roster construction. Well, they, I mean, they, tr- they tried to go out and get Fulmer, and he was good and then hurt. Bad, then good, then hurt. Boxberger was bad, then hurt, then bad, then hurt again. Yeah. You know? So, yeah, it's just it's hard to do, man. It's hard to spend a lot of money on bullpen guys. I agree. They have a lot of money, though. So I, I just want, I wonder, I don't know. There's, there was something, there was something there. We, we should, again, it's not going to matter for the next five games. They can't add external pieces, but I think that's something to revisit uh, come the off season. I love that he's the crazy guy in the room who wants to try all the wacky stuff and needs to be talked off the ledge about using a double A starter as a closer in a pennant race. Pat Manley. What does he make of what the hell is going on with the state of the Chicago bears? Did Lovey ever step in and run both sides of the ball? We've got a lot to get to as we turn the page to the Denver Broncos with Pat Manley next on the score.